0: Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello, welcome back everyone. This is Sarah and Happy New Year. Yeah, this is Katie. Happy New Year. I know we released one episode last week that was technically the first one of the year, but we recorded that in 2023. So here we are in 2024. Can you believe the year? I know I sound cliche when I say that, but... This will be our sixth year of doing this show, which is wild.
1: I just the other day it hit me because someone was asking me like, oh, how long have you had the, the podcast? And I was like, oh, I think a few years. And then I was like, wait, it was like 2018, we're in 2024, (gasps) six years, and it was like in (laughs) February, right, when we...
0: I believe we started recording episodes in February 2018, wow. No, yeah, that's crazy. crazy. (laughs) And you know what else is pretty crazy? I was looking through our back catalog, we have, this will be our 251st episode, and we have, I believe, about 250 um, posts, episodes, videos, whatever, over on Patreon. And that's not even including the mini episodes. So we have easily over 500 episodes or pieces of content that we've created over that amount of time, which blows
1: my mind. That's wild. That's <laughs> yeah. so wild. And I know, like... You know, obviously we A, we wouldn't continue the podcast without the listeners. Like you guys know. The reason why we continue, but also the support of Patreon, like patrons helping us keep the podcast running. And then also shout out to me and you, Katie. Like it's a lot of sacrifice that goes into this and making the time um to record. So well done to everyone listening, everyone recording and everyone looking at this on Instagram we did it you guys we a big old it.
0: pat on the back to everybody yeah. and truly it is it is a decent amount of work but if you guys didn't listen we wouldn't make it so yeah. thank you
1: thank you everyone
0: <laughs> and yes happy New year and Sarah and I are going to be chatting more about our new year over on patreon so if you're interested in joining us over there and for that extra content and stuff it's patreon.com slash not so molly mormon so yay that's our little 2024 intro hashtag give thanks <laughs> yeah,
1: hashtag give thanks hashtag light the world is that what the one is I oh <laughs> light the world
0: all things through christ come follow me hear him They've got quite a quite a few. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I um I don't have anything else to announce or to discuss before we get into the episode unless
1: you do Sarah. But Sarah no, I am um, prepared. That, I, thanks. I do wanna say this is a major trigger warning. On this Ooh. episode. So. Oh boy, so two in a row. We've had some yeah. major trigger warnings happening. Yeah. Hooray! This, one, <laughs> this one's a big one. So really, if you are not in a good headspace at the moment, skip ahead. So this one involves child sex abuse. Oh no. So um, manipulation, but the the biggest trigger warning is yeah, child sex abuse. So please, if if this is a trigger for you, do not listen, skip ahead to next week, and hopefully we'll have an episode that does not require a trigger warning.
0: Right. But, hopefully we can yes. do some. I mean, but truth be told, if we're talking about the Mormon church and the trauma from it, there's probably going to be some kind of content warning in almost everything. But this kind of stuff is really
1: heavy, but important. So It's heavy, and, it's, and then I almost didn't do it, but then I thought it's so important um, and, yeah. and we'll get into it but it's it's obvious that the victim wants her story shared and so i think okay this so is yeah the that's important yeah, right so right. definitely um so yeah so if this is triggering for you or you're not in a good headspace please skip ahead and we will see you guys on the next episode for everyone else buckle up it's uh if you were questioning the church before or questioning if you should leave the church or if you made the right decision or remove your records, if this episode doesn't do it for you, I don't know what will.
0: Mm. It's one of those things where we'll occasionally hear from people that they might be a nuanced Mormon or they might still believe in some of it because they want to hold on to the good or they want to change it from the inside. Right. And then it's issues like these that I think, It would tip almost any person over the edge if they knew about stuff like this. Um, Oh. It's like you should not – I would never feel okay with giving my money and time to an organization that – I'm sure you'll get into it. But these kind of things happened and are
1: not reported, et cetera, et cetera. So, oof. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's it's one where, like, I feel like I just want to share it with every – active Mormon, but then the other side is that they would somehow spin it and be like, oh, well, the press got it wrong, but we'll get it. Doesn't in.
0: that make you sick to your stomach when yeah. they would rather defend the church and say that the press just got it wrong, that's just anti-Mormon propaganda, or hearsay, and you're like, uh, no, excuse me, what
1: do you say that about the Catholic Church? I don't think so. Exactly. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> um Okay, so I was doing my normal what's happening in the Mormon World. And this article popped up, and it is in the AP, so um, Associated Press, and it's titled mm. "Recording Show: How the Mormon Church Protects Itself from Child Sex Abuse Claims." Ew. I had not heard. I had heard of all these, you know news reports that were coming out over the last few years. We've covered a few of them on Patreon as well as the normal episode. But this is the first time that I have read anything where there's actual recordings from the church side that obviously are really damaging for the church, but we'll get into that. Right. Yeah. So this was written by Michael Resendez and Jason and on December 12th, 2023. So just not even a month ago, this came out. Okay. Okay. So I'll just get straight into it. So. Basically, I will summarize is a very long article, but I highly, highly recommend you reading all of it if you have the time and any of you listeners like read the whole thing because it's so much more background to the story that I just don't think we'll be able to get into. But we'll leave a
0: link to it in the description and show notes. You guys can click on that. Yeah, definitely. So,
1: um, so background on this, this happened March, 2017, so, can't do the okay. math. That's like seven years ago, right? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like seven years ago. Ah. Um, uh, so, it starts off with you have you heard the lawyer? So, this is a Utah attorney and head of the church's risk management division called, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, Ritting or Writing. It's R Y T T I N G. Okay. Ridding. So I had never heard of him, but apparently he is also the one who has dealt with all these other cases that have been coming forward with the church. Right. So. That's
0: where I think I'm. Uh, it's ringing a bell for me because I believe he's commented on other things before. And I yeah. also think I've, re- I've read um, some other articles by – did you say his last name was Resendez, the author? Yes. yes. I believe he's – isn't he quite um, – a prolific writer in terms of he's trying to expose the yes. sexual ch- child abuse in the Mormon church. Okay. Yes. So, so he's written a few
1: and these are like fall. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so oh, okay. Perfect. So I like,
0: think that's where these names are kind of ringing
1: a bell because it's happened in the past with them yes. as well. Okay. All right. Exactly. So this is the most recent one where they, they now have recordings and also, oh, we'll get to it, but it's the, the court hearing as well, which will make <gasps> it absolutely boil. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. so so this this attorney writing or writing, I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, He's this Utah attorney and head of the church's risk management division. So when we talk about PR, this is this guy, but he's also an attorney. And how
0: odd that a church would have a risk management division. I know division.
1: because it's a corporation. Like if anyone right. tries to deny this again, it's like. Again, they have a risk management division. That is what we call PR and marketing. Like, that is what it is, and internal comms. Like, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, So he spent the last 15 years protecting the church, um, and and he says, quote, protecting the organization widely known as the Mormon Church um, from costly claims, including sexual abuse lawsuits. And the whole story, the premise of this, is on the victim. Her name is Chelsea. Chelsea. goodrich so she's 31 years old chelsea goodrich and writing writing he basically we'll get to the background context but put like i don't know how to say it in the way more or less like he made her feel comfortable and vulnerable enough to tell her story as if he was actually going to help her Mm
0: -hmm. and then
1: that's not the case so She tells him his entire, her entire story, which as a child, and this is again, a trigger warning here. I think it's important to, to call this out, but maybe you want to skip ahead if it's too much details, but her father, Chelsea Goodrich's father was a former bishop in the Mormon church and he would routinely slip into bed with her while he was aroused. Um, and so this lawyer, Ridding, he flew into Idaho to from Salt Lake City um, to meet with Chelsea and her mother. And this is also in the article. It says, quote, after a quick prayer, he introduced himself and said he was there to, quote, look into Chelsea's tragic and horrendous story.
0: So How old was she
1: at this time? This is when she's 31. So.
0: Oh, so she's coming forward about it much later. Okay. Okay.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Chelsea and Lorraine, so Lorraine is her mom. They came to this meeting because they essentially just wanted to everyone to know that their dad slash her husband did this and he's a local Idaho bishop, um, And she, they basically had one request, which was, quote, Would the church allow a local Idaho bishop, which is the Mormon church akin to a Catholic priest, testify at John Goodrich's trial? So Bishop Michael Miller, so this is another bishop, who accompanied writing to the meeting, had heard a spiritual confession from Chelsea's father shortly before John Goodrich was arrested on charges of sexually abusing her. So they want to know, can this bishop this other bishop testify basically in my
0: opinion he should mm-hmm. but i know there's all that religious protection
1: but to me that's bullshit <laughs> exactly so we'll get into it so the details of good riches so her father's confession remained private um the church still swiftly ex- excommunicated him Okay. okay, so he confessed, they excommunicated him, but
0: the but records now, of what he confessed are just in yeah. the vaults or whatever.
1: But we'll get into it, so we do have some of the recording because of, we'll get into it, it's, it's what well. okay. So audio recordings of the meetings over the next four months, so after he was excommunicated, so the audio recordings of the meetings over the next four months obtained by the Associated Press they show how writing, despite ex- expressing concern for what he called John's, quote, significant sexual transgression, would employ the risk management playboy playbook playboy, <laughs> playbook that has helped the church keep sexual abuse cases secret. In particular, the church would discourage Miller from testifying. So Miller is the other bishop. Yeah. From testifying Citing a law that exempts clergy from having to divulge information about child sex abuse, abuse that is gleaned in a confession, so I'm so fucked up. I know it's so. And on top of that, so without this other bishop, Bishop Miller's testimony, prosecutors they dropped the charges and they told Chelsea's mom that her impending divorce and the years that had passed since Chelsea's alleged abuse might prejudice may, basically prejudice, how do you, uh-huh. how do you, what is the verb for prejudice?
0: It's the same, yeah. It's pronounced? It's just pre- prejudice, yeah.
1: Wow, that does not sound right to me. My <laughs> prejudice. Mike, prejudice, heard?
0: the jury, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm still hung up on that. Anyways, um, yeah, so essentially the prosecutors dropped the charges, and then. So, okay, they've dropped them because this Miller
0: guy wouldn't, um, yeah. Testify because of that religious exemption law. Yes. And even though there was a confession, ahead. even though there was a confession. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Did, is this the same? Do they have these same exceptions? Like, what if, for example, a bishop, someone goes to a bishop and says, "I murdered somebody." Do they?
1: Do they still have that exemption? Yeah, basically. No, they do. They do. So I'm <sighs> giving you like this is the the summary, and then. Cause I've divided the article and so okay, it's okay. written like with the summary and then they break it down into like more background context that we can oh, do. Oh, okay. Some All area. Right. Perfect. But it's wild. Yeah. So essentially, yes, yeah, so they drop the charges and then later ridding would also offer hundreds of thousands of dollars in exchange for a confidentiality agreement and a pledge by Chelsea and Lorraine to destroy the recordings of the meetings, which they what? had made. At the recommendation of an attorney and with writings knowledge. (gasps) It's so corrupt. It's very literal
0: hush money.
1: Yeah. And on top of all of that, so already getting into it today, John Goodrich, who is the father of Chelsea, did not respond to the Associated Press's question, question, sorry. And he is a free man practicing dentistry in Idaho. That is so scary. Yeah, so, so the reason why there are recordings is because Chelsea had a friend, a church member, who attended all of the meetings as Chelsea's advocate, and he made recordings and shared with the AP. Okay. And his name is Eric Alberti, and he said— Good for him. Yeah, going into this meeting with writing or writing, I feel like it would be very clear once everything's laid out— look, this is not something that we want to cover up. So originally he was like, you know, this will be great. He said, quote, this is something we want to uncover for a number of reasons so that John Goodrich, her father, doesn't do this again and so that Chelsea can move forward. So he was able to make these recordings and share them because he's not bound by the confidentiality agreement and has since mm-hmm. left the church. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, in a statement, and th- this is a, one of the first times I've heard, like, this church actually, like, giving a statement to a news press as well, like this, like, uh, the Associated Press, the AP. They gave a statement that said, quote, the abuse of a child or any other individual is inexcusable, and that John Goodrich, following his excommunication, has not been readmitted to church membership. But that's all they said. Mm. That was it. Well. Like, not Like, oh, we're really sorry this happened, and, you know... And, especially well, and acknowledging that there yeah. was an attempt to cover mm-hmm. up and keep people quiet. Yeah. And now, so the recording, so her friend, uh, Bertie's recordings, they basically outline and record the steps. The church normally takes behind closed doors to keep allegations of child sex abuse secret steps that leave predators free and children at risk. So mm-hmm. he has it in recording. Um, which is just crazy to me. Yeah. Background context on Chelsea and her story. So two years earlier, so this is in the spring of 2015 and this all happened in 2017. Chelsea Goodrich um, at the time was 29 years old and she was a graduate student in psychology living in Southern California. And basically all of these memories, these really fucked up disturbing memories started to come to the forefront and she was having to confront these. So her friends and her peers are out there, you know, creating all these relationships, enjoying life. And she's just filled with anxiety and dread at the prospect of even having a relationship. And she says, quote, instead of wanting to have a relationship, I just remember feeling terror and confusion and kind of disgust like all at once about it. She said, during a series of interviews with the AP, she said, her memories included several occasions she recalled when John Goodrich slipped into her bed at night at their house in Mountain Home, Idaho to spoon her while he was aroused, pushing himself against her backside. On one occasion when she was 9, she remembered her father had apologized to her for being aroused while they were playing in the family swimming pool and told her not to tell her mother. Ew, yeah. oh, <clears throat> so gross. Yeah. Um, the last similar incident Chelsea recalls occurred during a school field trip to Washington, D.C., where he did the exact same thing as he normally does. And then he, so her dad, John Goodrich, admitted that during a recorded conversation, which the AP obtained with Chelsea, Lorraine, and one of Chelsea's brothers, he admitted to doing all of that. Oh, and wow. And these recordings, so the mom, Lorraine, and Chelsea were recording the confrontations with John about these, uh, the sexual abuse and everything. Um, and then they turned them over to the police as well at a later point. Um, okay. Yeah. So essentially Chelsea during this time in 2017 met a Mormon friend and she was, you know, confiding in her felt like she could trust her and talk about these memories and her new friend just happened to have a father who was Paul Ritting?
0: Oh my God, no way!
1: Yeah. So this attorney, this one that's been dealing with the church, you know, public appearances and risk management, was her father, and so her friend was the one who convinced her to talk to him and basically uh. said to reach out to him um, because he he was responsible for dealing with helping the victims. That's how. Oh, that's such
0: it. a lie.
1: Yeah, and was um was
0: Chelsea still Mormon at this time? Yes.
1: Yeah. Wow. Still Mormon. Mm Mhm. Um, and she believed that, you know, this lawyer was on her side because she knew that he was deeply involved in, um, yeah, basically trying to help all the victims. Is how he worded it because at the time he was also defending the church and that. I don't know if you remember that really public West Virginia child sex abuse lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, from that Mormon sex abuser Christopher Michael Jensen, um, he was involved with helping, basically, the the church's lawsuit defending the church at that point. Um, but at least that guy got sentenced to 35 to 75 years in prison. Yeah. John Goodrich is just walking free. Wow. Um, yes, yeah, so as of last year, Ritting, writing, however, made sworn statements in that case, which the Virginia case, which were sealed by a judge and, and then later obtained by the AP, describing the management of the secretive church helpline, which is this phone number set up by the church for bishops to report instances of child sex abuse. The church officials say that they don't keep any records of the reports to the helpline which is not true because they just had it, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. um, So Ritting also revealed the links to which the church goes to ensure confidentiality for perpetrators who make spiritual confessions. Quote, disciplinary proceedings are subject to the highest confidentiality possible. And this is an affidavit that he said. um, If members had any concerns that their disciplinary files could be read by a secular judge or attorney's, or presented to a jury as evidence in a public trial, their willingness to confess and repent and for their souls to be saved would be seriously compromised.
0: This is what makes me maybe the most angry. Like, I mean, I'm angry at all of it. I say that all the time. But yeah. they're they're putting the quote-unquote salvation of this predator, this criminal, ahead of the victim and justice. Yeah, because they're like, oh, if, well, if they thought that we might go tell the police about this awful thing they did, they wouldn't confess and get into heaven. Yeah. Oh, great. Fuck
1: you. I know. Isn't it the biggest like you just want to punch this guy in the fucking face, but also the church for being that heartless? Like, honestly, yeah. you're more concerned about oh, well, you know, this person needs to repent and confess and repent. And they won't do that if they know that this could possibly get out in a courtroom. It's like we don't care about protecting the present victims, but also the future victims. We just Mm-mm. want to make sure that their souls are saved. Their
0: souls are saved, a.k.a. they keep giving us their tith- their tithing money yeah. until they die. Yeah. And uh, it's it, how do
1: they sleep at night? I don't get it. It's, it's disgusting. And on horrific. top of that, it's so this is the lawyer. So the lawyer writing and the fact that he's the lawyer, their attorney um, and head of risk management. But also, so he didn't respond to any of the calls or emails that the AP sent. But um, in its statement, the church, the Mormon church noted that Goodrich's communications with his bishop were protected by the Idaho state law. Only the perpetrator could release the bishop from his obligation under the clergy penitent privilege, and he refused to do so. So the church Mm -hmm. is like just saying, yeah,
0: no, this is um, protected by Idaho state law. We gotta get some
1: laws changed, (laughs) y'all. Yeah. Um, (sighs) Yeah, so even more in the background context with Chelsea, too. And this is so fucked. It's so fucked. So she meets this friend. This friend happens to be the attorney's daughter. The daughter tells her to reach out to this corrupt attorney that represents the church. So she feels like she can trust them. She even travels from Idaho to Salt Lake City to stay with her friend. And she met Paul writing, writing while staying at the family home. So she's like literally her guards are down she's very vulnerable thinking that this person is going to help her and at the time yeah. she didn't even feel ready to to talk about any of the memories or anything she kept it to herself. I mean that's eventually she told her mom and then at that point it was when the mom confronted her husband in their Idaho home in July of 2015. Um, John Goodrich, the father, he confirmed becoming aroused while around his daughter, but denied any direct sexual contact, according to the recordings of the conversation. So her mom recorded all of these conversations and in one recorded conversation with Chelsea and Lorraine, he blamed the devil for his decision to climb into bed with his 13 year old daughter after hearing sexual activity and an adjoining hotel room during the trip to Washington.
0: I'm gonna throw
1: up. Yeah, yeah.
0: I the, yeah. oh my god, sir, that is not yeah. the devil. That is you being a fucking pervert. Yep. With incestuous uh pedif- pedophilia thoughts, and yeah. that is not the devil. So,
1: ew. It's horrible. I, oh. And it gets even worse. He has an actual quote. So they have a quote from the recording. He said, quote, the adversary, I'm sure, worked on me. He said, using a church term for Satan, and that's when it's going through my mind when I climbed in bed with Chelsea and was really aroused with the intent of spooning and snuggling you, but I didn't.
0: Oh, my God. I am so grossed out.
1: It's horrible.
0: It's absolutely disgusting. Um. (sighs) And it it's, it doesn't it just make your blood boil that there there even is such a thing as like the adversary scapegoat,
1: yeah, like bl- blame it on the devil, right it's it, the and that's what the church wants you to do, like he even so John so he confides and like basically tells details of his relationship with Chelsea, as in his as you call it you know right on the perverted incestuous relationship that he has with Chelsea to some of their visiting relatives and this and they have written yeah they have a written statement from the relatives because eventually they submitted that written statement to local authorities and in that statement they were urging him to go to the police and john said that he'd rather talk with the bishop um (laughs) well of course he would because he doesn't want to go to jail yeah, and so they drove so the relatives drove him to Miller's home. So Miller is that bishop who in the beginning they were trying to get his testimonial because without it, there's not really a case. Like the pr- prosecutors won't do anything without this testimonial from the Bishop Miller. Uh, what?
0: They can't they can't use testimony from like the other
1: family members? Oh, I'm getting so angry. <laughs> yeah, because it's biased. That's what they keep saying, is that oh. family it's it's biased basically. But they, they drive him to Bishop Miller's home, and he makes the entire confession. So less than a year later, on September first, 2016, Chelsea and her mother, they meet with the Mountain Home Police, and they play the recordings they have with John. And after, like, a two-hour interview at police headquarters, the officers arrest him. So Good. Yeah, while he's being arrested, which... I need to look this up because there's apparently like a video that the AP have obtained um, as the police are cuffing him. I don't know if it's for public. I would assume because the AP had it, but he's just saying nothing. He said, quote, nothing happened. I am not ashamed of anything. Boldface
0: lies when you've got it on recording saying otherwise, dude. And to say I'm
1: not ashamed of anything, what an absolute piece of fucking shit. Exactly. It's disgusting. Um, so then, after all that happened, Chelsea is saying, okay, she decides, right, let's get the attorney's help. And she starts emailing him, persuading him to allow the Bishop Miller to testify against her father.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: And Chelsea and the Rain, they also... Basically, let writing know that the church officials may have known about John Goodrich and his daughter for years. So they're confiding in him again, thinking that he's on their side. Um, and John Goodrich told them in conversations that were also recorded that he quote repented. Details of his relationship with Chelsea to several local church leaders. Writing Re- told them uh-huh. that the church leaders said they did not recall hearing any such confessions. And. I'll say it, even if he had, that's still
0: not justice. You can't just go into a bishop's office and tell them this horrific story and then just go, okay, wipe my hands clean, I'm fine now. Well, your daughter's not fine. Your daughter has trauma and can't have relationships because you scarred her for life, you piece of shit. And you're not ashamed. It's so... Oh, but I've repented, so it's all good. It's so fucked, you guys. Like,
1: I can't believe that this this church is still it, it's still going, and Pete, like, members don't even like. I would have never known about this article because we don't Google. You weren't allowed no. to Google, so I would have never and, googled.
0: And if it is shared on Facebook, you would probably just. Be like, oh, that was that's that's scary. I'm not gonna look at it. It's probably overblown. You know, it's probably yeah. anti-Mormon, and you wouldn't
1: even look into it. No, no. And so this story, as much as like, I didn't think it could possibly get any worse. It does. Oh no. Yeah. So ten days after he was arrested in Mountain Home, Idaho, another woman stepped forward. Of with additional allegations of sex abuse after learning of the case against John. So yeah, this woman, she is a fifty-three year old single mother. She accused him of having non-consensual sex with her after giving her the drug halcyon. I don't know how halcion. It's H-A-L-C-I-O-N halcyon. Okay. Okay. No idea what that is. It's a controlled substance that John often used to sedate patients, because remember he's a dentist during dental procedures. So, she alleged that Goodrich drugged her the previous July after she cut off a sexual relationship with him. And then, so basically, detectives investigated these new allegations. And at the same time, John Goodrich was still facing charges in Chelsea's case. Um, while all of this is going on, they have on the records that John called the woman at least four times in conversations she recorded and the AP obtained <gasps> conversations. Goodrich, he asked her to lie to the police while also at the same time admitting that he drugged her. <gasps> yeah. And then he tried to basically dismiss everything and minimize his actions and repeatedly he apologized and quote he this is crazy this is what he says quote it was fun as heck but it was wrong just out of principle it was wrong and I'm just mad as hell at myself
0: well he used heck and hell in one in one go there. yeah exactly. Um, but it was okay so first of all was he still married to Chelsea's yes. mother yes. okay so he was cheating which yeah. is a sin and then he wanted to drug and rape this lady because she wanted to stop the sexual activity, yeah. and he admits it in a phone call
1: mm-hmm. and says it was fun as heck. You guys, it's and the church defended this man because I'm he's the bishop. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. And then it gets even more worse because in 2017, so this is all like starting from 2015, 2016, then July 2017, prosecutors dropped the charges against John Goodrich, the charges that related to Chelsea's allegations. Why? Yeah, it doesn't say at this point, but it says 6 months later a prosecutor in a neighboring county was basically trying to come up with a plea deal in which he would again Escaped sex crime charges and in the end john goodrich pleaded guilty to distribution of a controlled substance the the drug basically he gave to that woman um and a judge sentenced him to 90 days in jail and three years of probation that's That's all all? that's all he got and now he's still a free man so yeah don't you want
0: to just go to his dental practice if he still has it and just like
1: pick it outside yeah, I mean, how do, if he does have a dental practice, how? But then on the flip side, I'm like, because he's Mormon. So the Mormon community will protect him. Like, protect him will, and
0: like, oh, they, he had these fake allegations against him. I'll go support that dentist. He's a good Mormon man. Yeah. Ew.
1: Yep, exactly. Yep. So, okay, so now we're kind of backpedaling again back to – the first initial meeting that Chelsea and Lorraine had with the attorney ridding. Okay. Um, okay. So in that first meeting, he said, the attorney said that the clergy penitent privilege law made it next to impossible for Miller to testify against John Goodrich. Now, so we're fast forwarding now, four months later, um, he was back in Idaho, basically with an offer to them. So. A lot had changed. Uh, We don't I don't you know, obviously, they don't go into detail about Lorraine and Chelsea's personal life at this point in time, but obviously a lot had changed. And essentially, when Chelsea came forward with this story, she started to feel ostracized from the Mormon community, Um, Miller's wife. So Bishop Miller. Even removed them from the local church community, quote, they said, quote, sisters email list. So, like, the Relief Society emails list. They, the bishop's wife removed Chelsea and Lorraine from that list. What? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And the sad, like, this is, it's so fucked up, but the first meeting that they had with this attorney, attorney, the bishop, Miller, said John Goodrich, before his excommunication, had tried to backtrack on what he told Miller in confession. He said, quote, John told me one thing and then kind of toned it way down to the state president, said Miller, referring to a higher ranking church official who oversees several local jurisdictions. He told the state president, well, that's not a big deal. I go, yeah, it is a big deal. So we know he's lying and we know he's lying at every level. Ridding responded. Reached by phone by the AP, Miller refused to discuss details. It's clergy privilege. If I say anything, John Goodrich can sue me for millions of dollars. So essentially, they all say this shit to make Chelsea and Lorraine to feel like they're protecting them. And yeah, 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 he hate this. And then as soon as they go forward with a the case, they're like, uh, no, we're not going to we're not going to discuss details. It's clergy privilege.
0: Yeah, it's just, it comes down to just protecting the Mormon church, which in turn protects Goodrich. Yeah. Yep.
1: Um, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. So it's all a lot of, like, manipulation on this attorney side. It's clear that he was just trying to get them to trust them and continuously give them information, like, give him information and that he would just use to hurt them in the future. So um, essentially... Um, I'm just trying to like move through here. Let's sit. <laughs> um, yeah. So after all of that, they, the church still doesn't respond to any comments or like questions that the AP has. And basically they can't figure out if the church ever followed up with Chelsea on her case at all. Um, this, sorry. So this is from the prosecutor who now works at the Pennsylvania attorney general's office. So, Sorry, not the church. So she didn't respond to firm uh, a request for comment, and and they they don't know if like the church followed up with her about the actual case, the the one about Chelsea's case from a prosecutor's point of view, um, which is all suspect to me. Like I just it's suspicious. Like I feel mm-hmm. like the church probably paid her off as well. Um. Anyway, so in this meeting, so essentially they're you know telling writing writer writing whatever his name is the attorney um why is this not like they're really disappointed that the the charges were dropped they're confused whatever and then an hour into the meeting he just changes the subject completely it's just like well quote well should we talk about why i'm here i have authorization up to three hundred thousand dollars <gasps> Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's just uh. so clear that, again, he's just like trying to get them to spill as much details, help him blah, blah, blah. And then he's just, you know, knew he was going to offer money. So essentially, you know, Chelsea and Lorraine are pretty shocked because before that meeting, I think it was like a few months before he told them by email that the church was prepared to pay them $90,000. And at that point, they were even considering it. And then now all of a sudden it's, oh, we'll offer you 300000 Yeah. Because they're getting What else scared. are they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the payment was made on the condition that Chelsea and her mother, they had to sign an agreement, which they promised never to use Chelsea's story as a basis for a lawsuit against the church, and that they would never acknowledge the existence of the settlement. Oh, my God. That makes me feel ill. I know. It's so disgusting. And there was another, like condition of this settlement money, which was, quote, second paragraph, I'll be interested in your response, writing said, while reviewing the document with them, the recommendation is that you acknowledge that there's been some recordings made of all of our communications, and that you agree to destroy these recordings within 10 days of signing this.
0: Motherfucker.
1: Yeah. So, NDAs um, have obviously been used quite a bit in the Mormon Church, but also in the Catholic Church. Yeah. Um, to keep sex abuse and these allegations secret. And in her settlement with the church, so Chelsea's settlement with the church, she also settled a lawsuit. Sorry, in addition to her settlement with the church, Chelsea also settled a lawsuit against her father. So she had to just basically give it up, right? Mm. Um, <clears throat> but in one of their recording conversations, the attorney told Chelsea that he could check helpline records, which was used by that Bishop Miller to report details of John Goodrich's confessions to see whether her father had previously confessed to another bishop abusing her. Um, And then in the West Virginia abuse case against the church, the same attorney writing gave sworn written testimony in which he said, no one at the helpline keeps records. And another ranking church official testified in a case in Arizona that the records are destroyed at the end of each day I so, remember reading that yeah yeah so obviously there's just like lies upon lies and nothing mm-hmm. makes sense um and in comments to the AP the church sure oh <laughs> sorry my Siri is going off randomly sorry, guys <laughs> it's the church listening it's the church oh ah, shit it's going off stop it
0: um
1: <laughs> in comments to the AP the church declined to clarify writing's apparent contradiction about whether the church keeps records on the helpline so they're just like nope not gonna not gonna say anything we don't want to get in trouble uh, it's so corrupt yep um and basically he was just like really pushing for them to accept the the funds and the settlement um, and to sign this NDA and basically saying that they'll never sue the church. Um, Yeah. yeah. And also quote, he says when John Goodrich engaged in abuse or any other criminal or sexual misconduct, he was acting in an individual capacity and not as an agent of the church. Even though he was a bishop at the time. So he was in fact representing the church because he's a bishop. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um. So did they end up take like they
0: they took the settlement and yeah. signed the NDA, but then these recordings were leaked? Is that what happened?
1: Yes. Yeah, so they ended up they did um, accept the money um because they were struggling financially with everything. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. they they accepted it, signed the agreement, which um did not prevent chelsea from telling her story because early this year chelsea decided to share it with the ap she had tried going to the church for help she tried the criminal justice system but john was free with access to children through his family and dental practice blah blah blah. right now my main concern continues to be other children is what she says so she still told the story because from how I understood it, she didn't share the actual recordings that she had. I think it's that friend who recorded that. Oh, yeah. And also potentially other family members. So she basically got around it and is able to share her story without breaking this NDA, from what I understand.
0: Okay, good. Like, obviously good.
1: getting other people to share her story on her behalf or talking about maybe the trauma that she's experienced, but not really talking about the lawsuit or um, anything that was related to the church in that sense. Okay. Okay. I could be wrong. That to me was still a bit confusing. I'm not sure, but how I, how I understood the article was more that these recordings are out there because of that friend, um, Albert D or whatever. I can't remember now. He uh, shared the recordings that he had.
0: Mm. And I'm glad because, wow, that's just, it's horrific. Yeah. And it needs, people need to know about it. Oh, my God, I feel so horrible for Chelsea. Don't you feel disgusted and just, mm-hmm.
1: It you feel like I read it and I just felt so sad. And I didn't want to finish reading it because it made me just sick to my stomach. But then I thought, it's really important because it's her story and she's being vulnerable enough and, like, putting herself out there to talk about this incredibly traumatic and painful experiences that she's gone through and all she wants is that the church acknowledges it and says that yeah it's a fucked up setup that we have with this like bishop hotline that clearly just says don't support the victims but instead this is how you can protect the church and not have any visibility or publicity over this and blah 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 and it like it's gotta stop like it has Mm -hmm. to like there has to be more awareness and stories like this are I think are going to continuously come forward because the church is just so fucking corrupt and disgusting yeah
0: you know I was about to say I was formulating this thought in my head like when you were saying this has to stop I was going to say it seems like it's not stopping it's just getting worse but what I think is a more accurate statement would be that it just more of them are being exposed. I bet that the, the abuse has been going on at probably the same rate for a very long time. Yes. But now, because some people are coming forward and because there's more technology and people are more aware, there are more people coming forward, which, yes, it's heartbreaking and everything, but hopefully the more that people speak out about it, you, we can we can do something about the abusers yeah. and hopefully empower the victims to come forward and of course their, their main instinct will be to go to the bishop but if if we can just just push them to just go to someone else and yeah. and uh, it's just because we want the people to be held responsible that do this awful
1: these awful yeah, things exactly and it's not just the people it's an entire organization it's oh yeah yeah it has to stop and like chelsea was saying too and her family like it's it's it goes beyond just the victims it's future victims you know this guy is still practicing dental dental um sorry dentistry um can you tell it's nine o'clock <laughs> my time my <laughs> brain is like shutting down <laughs> prodigious <Prejudice. laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, no, the fact that he's still, you know, around people and probably a lot of children, um, in his line of work, but also if he was excommunicated yeah. but that doesn't mean he can't ever be around children in a vulnerable way. Right. And no right. one, no, because no law or no, sorry, no, um, justice was served. So he's not right. registered as a predator because then nothing yeah. ever happened.
0: Right. I know. So no one's going to be notified of
1: who he is or what he's capable of. Yeah. great anyway, that's, that's all I have today. Sorry, everyone. It's a bit depressing, but I just felt it was too important to not cover and to give yeah. Kelsey's story as much light as we can and to help her hopefully get some closure on this, but also just try to, yeah, try to bring down the... the fucking Mormon church when it comes to this like I'm so disgusted and especially now as I'm a parent it just makes me physically ill to think that something like that could ever have, like happen to my son and know that the church was just like oh we're gonna cover it up because our appearance is more important than this child
0: it's fuck oh, it's horrifying yeah, oh, yeah. ugh anyway. oh happy new year <laughs>
1: Happy <laughs> No Yeah.
0: Uh. No, thank you. That was important. And thank you for sharing. And uh, thank all you listeners for being here and for being with us. Let's take down the Mormon Church together.
1: Yes, that is our New Year's resolution. Take yes. down the motherfucking Mormon Church. Let's do it.
0: Let's go.
1: All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.